Ladies and gentlemen, what is going on? It is the week 11 now preview, the week 11 preview. We're inching towards the tankathon. We're inching towards playoff races. We're inching towards divisional champs. It's starting to get real. It's starting to get exciting. We'll break it all down for you with some awesome matchups this week. Some great prime times this week, better than we've had in the past. And we're going to enjoy it all and talk about it all. Justin, are you ready? Now, we'll get to that. Burke, let's go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the How About That podcast presented by Face Value Clothing. You check them out at facevalueclothing.com. Me personally, any face value clothing that I'd plan on buying uh, this holiday season is now out the window because Zach, windshields are very expensive and Volkswagen the windshield wipers, when you pull them up, they do not stay up. They catapult back down. Look it up. It is a thing. People ask, why don't Volkswagen's windshield wipers stay up? I wish I knew that before today because now I have a shattered windshield that costs a lovely $1,000 the day before I have a seven-hour drive. So now I don't even know if I can take my car. If I do take my car, do I just drop it off in a safe light in uh, no free ads in Greenville and pray for the best? I don't know followed up by my best nine holes on a golf course to have a complete collapse and I don't break 90. So that's where we are right now. That is where Justin's head is at. Um, So it's just a bad day and I'm rolling right into a podcast. If I say anything uh, that's hot take, um, it doesn't stand in the court of law. Yeah, that's a pretty bad day. I I feel like liability wise, there has to be some notice you were given about these windshield. Like I'm sure once you looked it up, it had to be a whole army of yeah, everyone was like, and this goes back to like 2002. Everyone's like, well, how do they get to stay up? And I'm pulling it up and I'm like, I'm scratching the hood of my car, pulling it up. And I'm like, because I've never like actually like really done too much with it. I mean, I like I lift it up when it's snowy. But at that point, I'm like, I'm pulling it up and I'm like, what's going on? And I turn and thinking I was good. And I turned, I, I still was like trying to hold it, but I turned uh-huh. and it just slipped through my fingers and shattered it and then after golf the crack is even bigger now and it's just it's a disaster so yeah i don't know if you can drive that no no it's it's not like it's it's at the base and i mean it's probably like eight inches long now of a crack but it's just i don't even know what to think about it i don't even want to think about it i don't have any money to spend on it so um and it's like oh well insurance can cover it well i I don't have to use car insurance and my deductible is like at this point i might as well not put it on insurance because otherwise my i'm gonna have to pay for the deductible anyways right but the golf round was just a kick in the dick just to put it on i'm i'm seven over through 11 holes and i'm like this is going to be a great story about how one man overcame adversity just for it to all fall on my face and then i was playing with these old guys and i lost every single bet that you could possibly lose which was only six bucks but i was shocked you started that well because 
we talk about adversity, but I, I would, I would have foreseen you struggling after a, a tough start to the day. But so yeah. the fact that you came out strong was impressive. Well, and I doubled uh, hole one, yeah. and then I was five. I should have been better than five over through the first nine. But on hole nine, I overshot the fairway and it was a drop ball and I just couldn't make a par putt to save it, which was the story of my day. Just could not make up anything below six feet. My like that was first putts, everything turned into a tap in. So, yeah, then on 10, I double again and I'm like, all right, I'm six, seven over and then I get a par and then I have a, the best drive ever on 12. And I'm like, this is my day. And yep. then uh, just hooked the. I mean, I even hooked it, just drew a little too much. I was trying to avoid a tree, hit a cart path that wasn't too far off the fairway, ricocheted into the woods, found the ball, and then it was just in the crap, and I hit it, and it was just gone. So I was like, I should have just taken the unplayable, got a triple, and then I couldn't sniff anything past that. So Can't wait yeah. for that time, though, in life when, old man, you just play golf every day in the afternoon. I was asking them. I walked up and they were like, yeah, we have uh, like the guys like 1059 and 1108 are the same guys. They should have an opening. Just go down to the range and talk to them. And so I go down there and after yeah, like whole four or five, I was like, man, like I'll have to come out here, you know, more Mondays. And he was like, or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. <laughs> I was like, oh, we do this. And then the other guy was like, I played four days in a row. My back is killing me. Yeah. So they were good golfers. I mean, they just didn't miss. It was like 2v2 best ball every six holes that you partner change. I went 0-3, so. wonder if there was some chatter about you afterwards, about the potential weak link there. Oh, yeah. I was. <laughs> I called myself the biggest loser. One guy that's, was trying not to take the $2 that he won off of me from oh. me. I was like, dude, you're, you're taking the 2 bucks. Yeah. That's tough. Well, it, it can only go up, ideally. You like to think it can only go up, but with our travel issues, I, I say that lately. Yeah, at this point, um, I'm going to get into a massive accident tomorrow on the highway. So geez. just accepting that for what it is. Um <laughs> Well, so if you hear cool. anybody on I-64, you hear any bad accidents, I know this is coming out on Friday, but don't be surprised. So that's where we're at. And then I know, is, Justin's, I had, a, the thing is too, is that I had a great opening for today because I was up till 1 a.m. last night, just mad. Like I couldn't sleep. I was up for an hour and a half, just mad because of Big Ten fans. I've realized like Big Ten fans are the worst. I don't yeah, know what I, I just, I got mad because I saw a Purdue guy, like, and I don't have any issue with Purdue. And I saw a Purdue guy being like, it's too bad they're going to Rutgers and they're going to be a weight like it's a waste. And then I was like, "Who like uh, Ace?" No, it was just some random. Like, somebody was talking about how Rutgers, if Dylan commits, Rutgers is going to have two five star commits next year, and the rest yeah. of the Big Ten has two five star commits. Yeah. And so I was just like looked at the tweet, and there was a guy who said, uh, "A Purdue fan." He goes, "Too bad they'll play for Rutgers, waste of talent." And I said, "This coming from a Purdue fan is my favorite." Just saying that because it's like. You know, whatever, man. Then he goes, reeks of jealousy. I'm like, there. I just said to him, there are so many schools I'd be jealous of before Purdue. I was like, we have a common enemy in IU. Let's just focus on that. Have a great day. And then I thought about it. Like, Big Ten fans are SEC fans. Like, SEC football fans. Except the SEC wins football every year. Like, what is the Big Ten win? So, I've thought about this. Here's a fun fact for everybody. The Big East has won a football national championship more recently than the Big Ten has won a basketball national championship. And the Big East football doesn't even exist anymore. And then you're like, okay, all of these, it's the best conference top to bottom. They beat each other up every single year. Then if it's the best conference top to bottom and you beat each other up every year, you still get nine teams in the tournament, the most every year. 
and you guys still can't do it. There's three teams you can talk in the Big Ten. Ohio State because, well, they have two national championships in football. And by the way, the Big Ten has won three championships this decade, or not decade, century, in basketball and football. Basketball, it was in 1999-2000 season, so Lord knows if it even counts. And then football were both by Ohio State, one of them being in 2002. So Ohio State can talk. Michigan can talk because Michigan – you know, as of late, they made Final Fours and they made college football playoffs. And Michigan State has made Final Fours and college football playoffs. But you know what I don't need? I don't need some Illinois fan telling me how Rutgers fans should be grateful about being in the Big Ten. When the last thing you guys did was made the Rose Bowl in 2008. And you want to know why? Because you finished runner-up in the Big Ten. That's the other thing. All these Big Ten fans are like, well, we made a Rose Bowl. Every team that makes a Rose Bowl in the Big Ten that's not in Michigan State, Ohio State, or Michigan, it's because one of those teams made it to the college football playoffs. And then since the Big Ten owns 50% of the Rose Bowl, they get thrown in there. It's just, it's just so annoying. It was a fun Illinois team with Juice quarterback. It was a fun Illinois team, and I have nothing against Illinois, but it's like, I mean, it's just every single team in the Big Ten, like they act like they're the best team ever, and they haven't done anything in the sport, in any sport. So, and I'm sick and tired of it. Nope. It's a very good rant. I'm proud to be in the Big East Conference, I've missed conference of Champions. Yeah, you say it all the time. You would like to come back. It, I would I would replace you, play, replace you with the Paul in a heartbeat. I, yeah. And people want to joke about Butler with DePaul. I, I, people do not understand how bad DePaul is every yeah, year. Yeah, and they did, they're 0-2 right now. They're already 0-2. Yeah, I never have had to really worry about finishing last in the Big East because I had DePaul there. But you want to know what's fun about playing, being in the Big East? Every year it was like, all right, who's going to win the national championship this year? And teams won the national championship. In the Big Ten, I don't, we're arguing about who won more Final Fours in the 1980s. Like the Big Ten hasn't won a national championship. Cell phones were like a na- like everyone owned a cell phone. And this conference wants to talk. The Big East actually wins stuff. And they have a football national championship more recently than you have a basketball one. And I think that yeah. sums up everything perfectly. UConn, Marquette, Creighton, probably a, a decent chance when we get to March that we're picking one of those teams to win it again this year. So, yeah. And yeah, somebody was like, well, look at Marquette last year. Okay. Well, look at Purdue. Like, I, I, I cannot with Big Ten fans. It's, it's the most. Mm, so that's enough. We can talk football now. I have enough uh, ranting that I've done today. That was good. So. That was good. Glad you got it out. Um, happy Friday, everyone listening to the pod. Happy Friday, listening to the pod. We do need to let you know we are recording this on a Monday uh, due to life, due to travel, due to different things. Um, so there's a chance about four or five of these games are just going to be flat out inaccurate in terms mm-hmm. of maybe a guy getting hurt or maybe something happening. You know, ideally, we have a pretty good idea. I think the hardest part for me when I was thinking about this was taking out overreactions from yesterday that we yeah. just talked about. That's going to be extremely hard because we usually do the re- the recap tonight and then the preview a couple days later. But going from p- recap into an immediate preview, uh, and I'm struggling as I was looking at some of these games, putting things out of my head. Yeah, that was the, the exact same thought I had where it's like, Usually when you get a couple of days, you get to look at injury reports. You kind of get a break down, listen to all the podcasts. You're like, all right, you know, week 10 is in the past. We're still actually in the middle of week 10. Week 10 is not done yet. And we're having not done a yet. week 11 preview pod. So, um, Oh, congrats to the Raiders. Good win for yeah. the Raiders. Coach Pierce now 2-0. Justin mm-hmm. almost spoiled it. Oh uh, although Mitch, Mitch did as well. So he tweeted that the game was over. Yeah. Um, you texted about how Jacobs is the hardest person in the league to tackle. As you sent the text, literally as the message yeah. came in, Jacobs put the ball on the ground. Yeah. Um, it was one of the more unique timing <laughs> text, I, text I've ever seen in my life. 
I literally pressed send, put my phone down, and I was like, and then I, I saw him. And the thing was, was, dude, I, I like, I mean, I was on YouTube, so I was probably a little bit delayed than everyone, but I clicked send, I put the phone down, and that play starts happening. And I'm like, my first thought is, I might have to emphasize that message. He just got three more yards after contact. And then I see the Jets guy saying our ball. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, this cannot be happening to me right now. I felt awful, but luckily, luckily it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Uh, the Raiders win. They're five and five. They have a chance for the playoffs. Like so many teams. I mean, we'll kind of get into it with some of these matchups. The race to the seven seed in the AFC is going to be absolutely nuts. Really the six and seven seed. Um, you know, the Colts are on a bye. I can tell you right now, playoff predictors will be thrown around in multiple, multiple chats today. Playoff predictors will be thrown around. Why not? I've decided to go all in. Stott set one that was, um, we ended up not just making the playoffs, Justin, we won the AFC South. So hey. I'm not entirely sure how he got oh. there. He's not sure either, but division champs were proud of it. So you're uh, saying there's a chance. Hey, hang the banner uh, in Lucas Oil. Pre playoff predictor, AFC South champs as of week 10. Yep, we're hosting Cleveland, a team we should have beat. So we're moving on to the – not only we're division champs, we're hard to beat a team twice. We're moving on to the second round, probably going to yep. Kansas City. So good for the Colts. Uh, but, no, it's 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 going to be a crazy ride. Um, fun matchups. I believe I'm up six. I believe I got back up one on you. Am I up six? Yeah. Okay, plenty of opportunity here, plenty of opportunity here, plenty of weeks left. Um, and it starts on Thursday night with the best Thursday night game we could get all year. I almost don't want this game on a Thursday because I want these teams at their best for this matchup. Uh, and it's a massive one. Bengals at the Ravens. The Ravens, we've talked about holding on to a slight division lead. Their, their division record helps. They're at home. The Bengals now are in a position where I, I think when I looked and, and was talking to Caleb and Will, and you can look at the standings as I talk to look at it, when you look at conference records, when you look at teams trying to be in the hunt, I think 10 and 7 is going to be the max. I, I think no 9 and 8 team is going to get in uh, with that 7 speed, 7 seed. I think 10 and 7 is maybe going to get it. It might be 11 and 6 at the 7 seed, but when you look at it, it's probably going to be a 10 and 7 team. And the Bengals are now 5 and 4, and they go at the Ravens. They go at the Jags. They still have to play at the Steelers and at the Chiefs. And as we've talked about with Cincy, they can easily run the table because they are one of these elite teams. And they've done this before where we look at their schedule and we're like, uh-oh. And then they and then they blow through it. So we know they can do it. But like we mentioned in the, in the uh, recap, they just lost a whole lot of room with that Houston loss. And, and I'm, I, I think if they lose this game, it's going to be extremely hard for them to get in the playoffs. Yeah, I completely agree. When you look at the AFC, there's 11 teams with five wins or better. Uh, so that's 11 teams that are 500 or better. Mm -hmm. And it, it's not like, you know, teams have a lot of teams have four and three wins still, which isn't, you know, at this point, you're only two games back. You're saying of Denver wins tonight. Game. They're they're here. Yeah. Like there's within two games, all every team is technically in it except for one right now being new England. So it, the AFC playoff picture is completely different. And I feel like than the NFC where uh, like six wins completely separates you. Like everyone, everyone else is two games back to make the playoffs, not two games back it's, from it is completely opposite. being four games. It's, it's completely different. Um, And yeah, if you're a Cincinnati fan, that, that, the beginning of the season hurts the way you lost last week hurts. And then you look at the schedule and you're like, this is not easy. Uh, you know, we're a good team. We're a better team than a lot of our, you know, our, a lot of our opponents. But if, if you lose this week 
And even right now, I guess going into this week, you cannot have any slip ups. You cannot have any bad games from Burrow. You cannot have the defense, you know, slip up. And I don't. Is Hendrickson okay? I know he took that spill. Hendrickson, he's going to be. He's going to be probably out this week. Okay. But I think long term for them, it is going to be okay. Which is good. If he misses yeah. one game, he misses one game. Um. So yeah, it's a scary spot to be in. And if you're Baltimore, even right now with how they got off to a start, if you lose back to back home division games, all of totally. a sudden, this division race gets closer and closer. And now you're watching Sunday. I don't. Does Cleveland play Pittsburgh? I don't think so. Um, yes, Cleveland plays Pittsburgh, play Pittsburgh Sunday. And, yeah, and it's AFC like, North week. One of these teams play or wins, and they're going to be tied with us right now um, for the division. So. This is a big, big Thursday night game with playoff implications. I don't remember seeing this early. We talked about for a while how this season has been so boring. And now with how the playoff picture has turned out, it's the middle of December. And these feel like they are playoff implicating games, which we usually don't get um, yep. this time of year. So, And, and you look at Baltimore's schedule. You got to go at the Chargers on a Sunday night. You got to go to Jacksonville on a Sunday night. You have to go to the 49ers still on a Monday night. And then you have the Dolphins and Steelers at home still. Like these schedules for these AFC North teams are just brutal because they're yeah. playing each other a lot. And then a lot of Jaguars, Raven or 49ers matchups in there. Uh, so it's not easy. I mean, these teams have to take care of business at home. And and the thing about being a Browns or a Steelers fan right now is thank God we didn't finish top two in the division last year. Yep. Because now instead of the uh, yep. Dolphins or the um, Bills, you're getting the Jets or the Patriots. Yeah. You know, that's so that's when you think about last year's uh seedings how they implicate you this year when you're in such a tough division so no doubt with that said with all this said i think on a short week it's a really tough matchup i i think i'm gonna go with baltimore here i i just think they're deeper i think their defensive line's better joe burrow was under attack all day sunday um i'd be surprised if t higgins was able to play with him not even being able to practice last week to be able to come three days later and be okay i'd be surprised uh, and, and I think, once again, this is a Ravens team that has had the lead on everyone they've played. They've been in control on almost everyone they've played. It's just a matter of closing out, and it's not easy to close out, close out Joe Burrow. But um, I think it's going to be a dogfight, maybe low scoring, kind of a just back-and-forth battle to see who can find a way to score in the red zone. I think Baltimore ultimately wins this. But it's really hard to look at the Bengals at 5-4 and four and have them lose to go to 5-5. Five and five. I, But the, the Ravens are just as desperate here. So I think I'm going to go Baltimore. I'm going Baltimore simply because uh, I am never doing a primetime divisional game going yep. against the home team. So I have yep. to take Baltimore. Uh, I, I'm just interested to see because Baltimore, we've seen it so many times about how they come out hot and then they completely blow it in the end. Um, and then you talk about a Cincinnati team that we, we saw last week has the capability of coming back at any given moment. So yep. – I think this is going to be a very interesting game to watch. I think that this is one of those things where if either team gets up two possessions in the first half, like look at the live odds and yep. throw a couple bucks on the other team at plus money because it's not going to end, I don't I don't think, with any blowout. And I would not be surprised if there's a comeback on either side. But ultimately, Baltimore being home, divisional game, you being able to utilize the run, I think a lot better than Cincinnati. Uh, I'm going to go with them. Yep, I agree. It's a great game on a Thursday night. Um, next one, we stick with the AFC North. Uh, a complete battle the first game, if you remember, in Pittsburgh. I think multiple defensive Pittsburgh touchdowns helped win this one late uh, for Pittsburgh. Obviously, the Nick Chubb injury game. Uh, now you look at it, both teams are 6-3, and three, and they're just a game behind in terms of overall games they've played. But um, 
you know, technically Pittsburgh really is in line for first place. Um, if they win this game, they'd be tied with Baltimore's record. If we're assuming Baltimore wins and Pittsburgh's two and zero in the division. And right now that that's going to hold the most um, with Cleveland at two and two. I think this is the easiest game of the week for me. I don't, I just don't see how, how is Pittsburgh going to win? I just don't, I do not see it's not in Pittsburgh, which by the way, I sent a text this past Sunday, just thinking about Pittsburgh's season this year. Well, they had I feel like they've been home every week. The only time they've been on the road that I can remember is at LA Rams. At Rams. That was the old, that's I the seriously only could not tell you one remember. more. Yeah. I'm going to look at their schedule because it's got to be. At the beginning okay, of the they, year they had. They had four, four of their last five games have been home. Yeah. That's ridiculous. They went at Texans, which I remember was a blowout. And it, like, I didn't watch it at all. And then at the Raiders. And they, they finish, they finish at Colts, home Bengals, at Seahawks, at Ravens. I mean, these, good God. That's brutal. And but they yeah, have back to back divisional road games these next two weeks. That's just, it's tough. It's tough. And now I'm trying to look to see what they've done on the road. Uh, barely, barely won at Vegas. Got smoked in Houston. And then the Rams game was weird. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, all this to say, I, I don't see how they score against Cleveland. I think Cleveland found enough with Watson to be able to take care of the ball and move chains and not have two defensive touchdowns. And I think Cleveland handily wins this game. Yeah. That's the thing for me. Uh, just kind of seeing how Cleveland came back last week, just being like, we don't really need to like throw the ball if we're down. Because what happened in that Pittsburgh game was they were just down a possession and then like there was some weird turnovers and there was defensive touchdowns and they just kept trying to force the issue. Um, I, I think that last week they learned a lot about themselves and I agree. I just, I, I don't know if they can win, they're going to have to win again with defensive touchdowns. And if they sweep a team in their division, by scoring like three or four defensive touchdowns against them. Like, I don't yep. even know what to say at that point. So I agree with right. you. I think Cleveland is clearly the play here. Um, however, it'd be so funny if they lost. Let's say Cleveland wins this 23 to six, 23 to nine. Watson plays well again, doesn't do anything crazy, but definitely leads some drives. Are you considering them a Super Bowl team? No. Okay. I, I don't know. I just, when you look at their full thing of work, I guess I would have to see more consistency out of Watson. Um, right. Like they have some very good wins on their defense. Their defense has gotten torn up a couple times, like in ways that you feel like that shouldn't happen for this historic defense at one point considered. Um, I, I just feel like when you look at the AFC, I know it's been a weird team where it's a weird year where every single time a team like separates themselves, they get drugged back down to the pack. Yeah. I, I don't know if I consider them a top five team in the AFC, even if they win this week annually. I agree. Just was curious. Mm. Next one, uh, a kind of a fun matchup here. We got Arizona at Houston. Houston, everyone's favorite. Arizona, we like how hard they play. They got Kyler back. Does Houston continue the CJ Stroud MVP train? Do they continue to roll and win this weekend to go six and four? Um, I, I, I just keep looking at this game and I, I just don't know what to think. I, I'm i going to go with Houston just because they're like my darlings right now. But I if they, I would if they laid an egg and they lost 27 to 20, 
I would come on here on Monday next week or Tuesday next week and and not be surprised at all. Yeah. I just feel like it's one of those spots where it's a letdown. I think if they, what we saw from Arizona last week or yesterday, um, if they came out and completely blew the doors off of Arizona, I, it would, I would be very impressed because then it's like, all right, we are handily beating bad teams. And as I always say, like that separates, you know, an average team from a good team is being able to just handle those awful teams. So. Yeah. I'm going to Arizona for those reasons. I, I think I, it's not that I don't believe in Houston or believe in Stroud. We've talked about him and given him enough praise, you know, it's all deserved, but at some point there has to be some team regression as well. And I think, I think it comes this week. We saw it against Carolina a couple weeks ago. I think we get it again here and it's an Arizona team that we loved them, how much they competed and, uh, once Connor got hurt, as you mentioned a couple of times, they kind of faded away. Dobbs had less and less guys to go to, less and less options. And, you know, as much as we like Dobbs, Kyler is a better quarterback. And I think Arizona can do some fun things. Trey McBride's looked really good at tight end for them. Mm-hmm. He looks really athletic, really fun. Um, they can do fun things with him, Rondale. And they have kind of weird, fun pieces that are gadgety enough to, I think, make some plays in this game. And I, I think they win it late and steal one in Houston. So I'm going to go Arizona. I don't hate the pick at all. That's an up six pick as well. I, I do a yeah. couple of those every week. That's that's, and I'm up up a little bit. We can I can definitely go Arizona here. Yeah. Um, this one I don't really need to do that. Tennessee at Jacksonville. Um, just be would hard be even if we don't like how Jacksonville looked last week, would be hard to find a way to talk ourselves into Tennessee. I, I think. I think Tennessee. You wish that Jacksonville won last week. <laughs> like, correct. Them getting their doors completely blown off. Now they're gonna have something like to prove. Yep. Yep, you're playing the team at a bad time, and it's not going to go very well. So mm-hmm. that's probably all we got on that one. Um, and now I think we're going to go through just a, a trio of not very close games. The first one being the Raiders, 5-5, five and five, visiting Miami. Miami off a bye. Miami off being called fraudulent, but it's against good teams. And while the Raiders are sitting at 5-5, five and five, it's not being disrespectful to Mitch. The Colts just did it. We got to 5-5 five and five beating uh, Bryce Young and Mac Jones. Sometimes you got to take a step back. You hey, know, you're you're doing your job. It's fine. Barely. Yeah. Barely. And it's fine to win those games. And yeah, you don't apologize for winning your schedule, but um, this is a Raiders team that also just beat Tommy DeVito and Zach Wilson, you know? So what can they look like against a real team? I, I have doubts um, as they head into this matchup, Miami. Once again, you talk about playing teams at the wrong time off a bye, off getting kind of clowned and kind of, kind of thrown in the garbage for this season. Um, and how many times have we said, what does Miami do against bad teams? I mean, they, they put on clinics. Yeah, especially with the secondary, like it, it's going to get, I think, a lot of points very, very fast. But, you know, we look at Miami's record against bad teams and Miami's record against winning record teams. What what is their record against 500 teams? That we don't know. So that we find out we don't know. Um, Continuing on, Dallas at Carolina. I mean, oh boy. I would consider sitting Bryce. I, I think at this point, no. I What I would want if I'm a Carolina fan is I want 49 pass attempts on Sunday. Like, show, like just rip the ball, man. Like, I need to see, a, like, plays. I, I No one's been sold on Bryce Young yet in the NFL. And when it's, you're coming in and you're going to be an underdog like this, like, if you're the coaching staff, it's like, what – 
what does a three-pick Bryce Young game do, do for us? Like, it's not like it's like, ah, if he threw two picks or one pick, we would have won this game. Like, if he held the ball, there's absolutely nothing to hold back. If anything, yep. I think being – you have to be aggressive if you want to try to win this football game. Uh, like, Dallas is going to run up the score, uh, and you're playing a great defense. Uh, like, let's just see it. Let's Let's make him learn the hard way right now. Because if you're not going to sit a quarterback, and I – Bryce would have been the perfect quarterback for to sit for an entire year and just be like, just learn, just sit under Andy Dalton and just learn for a year. Like, I think they probably would have done that if they didn't have, or if they had their first round pick this year. Um, but yeah. with where they were, it's like, Hey, we're going to have just have to throw them to the fire. Well, if you're going to throw them to the fire, throw them to the fire. Like how many times have we seen it with these rookie quarterbacks where it's like they baby them for their first year. And then it's like the next year they're like, well, we have to completely revamp this entire offense and blah, blah, blah. And I mean, give the guy some consistency. And I think it has to start this week where you just let it loose. No, it's a good point. I agree with everything. Um, slight issue. Um, Frank Reich's weekly presser. Not sure who's calling plays this week. So. It's week 11. And yeah, not sure in Carolina who's who's gonna call the plays. Um I would just you know, give it to Josh McCown. Let's just keep trying, guys, at this point. Yeah. It's not like you have any continuity or anything going offensively where you can't switch. I would just maybe a guy in the crowd. Come yeah. on down. Give me I, I I know what I'm doing. At least at least when I walk in the locker room and we I mean we walk out on the Sunday, uh like Bryce knows what's happening. Yeah. It is pure we're going, you're going to throw the ball. Like I, I need your arm to be in an ice bath after this. So every first down I'm passing, I'm running screens on 40% of them and we're throwing the ball every play. Yeah. Like I, I don't know, Bryce, you're the Mr. IQ guy. I don't know what routes are best against what coverages necessarily, but whatever coverage you see, I want an immediate hot route from one guy and just throw the ball right at him, stir him down the entire way for all I care, but yep. you're going to throw the ball. Um, with that said, Dallas is going to kill them. Yeah. I loved how last night there was a Eagles burner account that I follow. And the guy was like, just so mad. He's like, people get mad about the Philadelphia Eagles and calling us a trash franchise where it's like, this is all Dallas does against bad teams. They run up the score. They, they sing Dax praises and they have nothing to show for it in the last 27 years. And I'm like, yep. And we're going to do it again on Sunday against Carolina. I agree. Next one, Chicago at Detroit. Um, our friend Mitch from the podcast, good listener, great listener. Um, he texted us. He said, when are we going to start addressing um, the haters of Dan Campbell. And I think it, it is something we've touched on time and time again. We've we've kind of gone back and forth, right? We're like, here are the haters, look what he's done. And then we go, all right, haters, here's kind of your moment because this was really stupid. Um, but at the end of the day, you live with Dan Campbell, you die with Dan Campbell, and, and you have to respect him and the haters ultimately. Even if the, the haters win in the end because they lose a game because of his decision, they ultimately lose because of the winners they've become and the stability they've, they've had since he's joined and the expectations of winning that they've never had since we've been alive um, that are now fed into this franchise. So um, important to bring up. Yeah. I mean, he's seven and two. I think he only has one bad loss, but his two losses are against the Seahawks and the uh, at the Ravens. And I, that Seahawks game, I just remember was, was like, overtime, I think. To a T. Yeah, it was the overtime. And I, it was just the, the decision-making and the game yeah. plan was just brutal. But this is a guy who took over a team that was awful 
uh, got him to the, you know, to be relevant last year with this whole speech about biting the kneecaps off. And now they're seven and two. And you're like, does the NFC going to, is it going to be running through four field? Um, and I think this is a year where I, I, I agree with Mitch. Like, when do we have to talk to the haters about, or the, you know, the Dan Campbell haters and, and have them admit that they were wrong. I I'm so mad. I jumped off the train because a famous Dan Campbell hater, Will Stotts pulled me off of it. Um, and I, I want to say this too, like, let's say they finish the year 13 and four or even better. I don't think that playoff success should determine what we feel about Dan Campbell. I think if they, if they get the one seed in the NFC, they could lose their first playoff game. And you have to say as a Lions fan, like this was a successful season. And, and now we have an expectation set where it's like next year, let's go out there and let's win, you know, some games. But with that being said, we talk about how wide open the NFC is this year and how wide open it feels and yep. this is a Detroit team that sneakily is just getting the job done and they're fun and they can win a lot of ways. They Gibbs is starting to become that guy. Uh, I, this is a team to watch out for in the NFC. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this with Detroit, how they could sneakily end up with the one seed and it doesn't mean that that means they're going to win it all. And in fact, we don't think either of us so far, even if we don't like the NFC, think that they're a team that can go, but if you get the one seed, you get a buy. You just got to win two games at home to get to the Super Bowl. I mean, the path becomes that easy. That's why, you know, Mahomes has never played a road game and he been in the AFC Championship five years in a row for a reason, right? You get that home game in the playoffs. It helps a lot. So there's no doubt. And this week they're playing the, the Bears. I don't know if Fields or Badgett will be playing. By the time you listen Friday, you'll probably have a better um, understanding. Um, Bears fans were talking today. They want Fields back. They just want to – they know. They know it's over. They don't want a reason to believe. But um, – as Mike said, I would like to get mad at Fields um, because I'm tired of the banjo thing. So, yeah. um, but they agreed with you. A lot of before I even said anything, a lot of um, Tyson Banjit QB two for the future. We're really glad we have him there. Um, so you were your your answer there was well supported. That's good to hear. Yeah, I agree with them. I feel the same way. Where it's like I know my Daniel Jones thing is over, but like it would have been awesome just to be like, just show me that it's over. Like continue yeah. to show me that it's over. Yep. Um, real quick, looking at the Lions schedule, Bears, Packers, Saints, Bears, Broncos, Vikings, Cowboys, Vikings. So uh, they could very well be a two-loss team. And uh, full expectation, they should be a two-loss team uh, going into Christmas. Going to Christmas, yes. Then they're going to lose the Vikings, lose the Cowboys, lose the Vikings, and the Vikings are going to win the division. But yes. other than that, yeah, it's looking really good before. That is – that is ridiculous. Yep, not great. The NFC's North sucks. NFC North sucks. We continue on with the NFC North with the Green Bay Packers. Um, I feel like every week I follow some Packers people. It's just a constant debate, belief of comparison of Rodgers last year with Love this year. And I just worry about them because even if you like Jordan Love and he's starting to play better this week, so I, I think it's totally fair to give them the entire year and not jump to conclusions. But I just worry about Green Bay for the first time ever because they're so confused on this QB life. That's not a top five guy of clinging on to a guy that they shouldn't. Um, and that's going to be hard for them to get off. If kind of love continues at this place, because he's not the worst quarterback by any means, certainly not the best. And, you know, that mediocrity has kind of gotten them where they are this year so far, despite as we've mentioned, bad coaching and, and a young roster, but um, just something to look at and monitor as he plays. If you're a Packers fan, like, and I agree, he's not the worst quarterback, but this is a guy who sat under Aaron Rodgers for how long? And it's like he has an off he has an offensive-minded head coach, supposedly. Like, 
don't know. If he was your guy, you guys would be six and three right now. Like mm-hmm. that, the, the quarterback play is so important. And I know that we can talk about the offensive woes that they've had and like the, that they're a young team, their weapons besides Aaron Jones, for, for some reason, they don't get the ball, aren't that good. Um, but like, if, if he was truly that dude and with what the quarterback class we have coming in next year, you would, you would not, if you have any doubts about him, you have to draft a quarterback and there's clearly some doubts. So yeah, it's not fun for them because, you know, Packers fans our age have grown up with two guys where it was like, they sat and they came in and they immediately were with the league on fire and then they yep. did it again. And they were hoping this would be a guy that comes in and immediately lights the league on fire. And I, I think that if Jordan love was a rookie, it'd be one thing, but this is a guy who's in like what year four, he had some NFL experience coming into this year where we weren't wild. We had a lot of question marks about him coming into this year. And now you're three and six. Yeah. I think that tells you everything you need to know about. I agree. And even if you like some of the metrics on the deep balls, even if you like some of the numbers, at the end of the day, it's seven straight games where they haven't scored over 20 points. So it's like one, you got to crack one of these games then if you're going to be that. Like, come on, 21 points. Now we talk about the struggles of team scoring this year, but you know, if you want your guy to be the guy, I'd like you to score 21 points in a game. They they scored 38 against Green Bay, 24, I'm sorry, against the Bears, 24 against the Falcons, um, and then have not gotten past 20 seven straight times. So, you know, you're playing a Chargers defense that we just watched the Lions put up 41 against. Um, you know, they played some bad teams recently, so I guess that's not a great example. But, um, you know, can they score over 20 points on this team? Because they should. They should. Yeah. Uh, who are you going with? In this I'm going with the Packers. I just like wow. this spot. I, I like this spot. I think that there is some sort of, like you said, where there is a lot of conversation now about, is he the guy? And I, I don't think he is the guy, but I think there's some positivity. You've kind of seen some flashes here and there. And you're playing a, a Chargers team that, like we said, their defense is very susceptible. And I feel like you could kind of just see it in the team after the, the loss this past week to Detroit, where it's like the air just kind of went out of them. Um, and I think you're getting a team where, you know, as I know they didn't win last week, but they they fought to the very end against a very tough Pittsburgh defense. And I think that there's some sort of confidence going back home to Wisconsin. And then on the other side, you have a team that I, I think the last week was they threw everything they could at the Lions and they didn't get it done. And now there's got to be some sort of like it's over for the year sense. And I just don't think we're going to get a full effort from the Chargers. I think this is going to be a close game. Um, I think it's going to be an ugly game, and I just really like this spot for the Packers. Okay. Difference number two right there. Don't think we're going to get one here. The Giants go to Washington. Tommy DeVito, they'll continue on. Um, I did see his dad. I know one of your issues was the Tommy Kafka zone read play. It appears Tommy DeVito's yeah. dad agreed with you. <laughs> he said yeah, that's that- your fourth down call. It was so bad. The picture of that family was the most perfect picture and- ever. It's also like this isn't Daniel Jones where it's like Daniel Jones could actually run the football. Like everyone and their mother knew that that ball was getting handed off. It yeah. might have not even been a read. I'll be honest. I don't – I'd say it was his own read. It may have not been a, an option call. So It didn't look like it. I mean every fourth and one play, every time if I wasn't doing a quarterback sneak, I would do this read option with the guy, either the tight end of the receiver going in motion or coming over to the other side to get the quick flat if you keep the ball to have a pass option too. Like why would you – why would you limit yourself at all? Yeah. I, I You could have the three options if you wanted it. You could give it, keep it, or throw it. Why would you just give them one option? I, that makes no 
I, I agree. And I don't know why. I know a lot of people. It's a general thing, by the way, not just the Giants. Yeah, no, I agree. It, it's just it, it just what shows how bad of a play call it was. Like those yeah. things where it's like for me, whenever I see a halfback pitch to the short side, I'm like, how did we – what made us think that a guy going east to west who now gets the ball five yards behind the line of scrimmage when I need two yards, so now he has to go seven yards upfield when his, and changes momentum? What makes us think that's going to be – and also now his lead blockers are wide receivers in the open field. Right. It's so dumb. But and I've, real quick, uh, we saw Rodgers, by the way, clearly get pissed when um, Hackett called a third one, no read option, give to the running back, and got freaking stuffed, and Rodgers knew it before the play even happened. Yep. And that, that was funny where everyone was like, Roger's getting mad now. Uh, yeah. I, I I will say about like, because hearing you talk about it, where it's like, why'd you give him one option? I know that people don't like bootlegs because they say like you're shortening the field as the play goes on. I love goal line bootlegs to the long side, not to the short side, to the long side of the field. Because for me, it's like, if you're doing an RPO bootleg, right, where you hand the ball off, all right, that wasn't there. Now, like you said, we're running out to the field and I have a guy who has momentum and I'm trying to isolate a two on one where it's like, I'm going to make this corner of this linebacker pick and whatever way he picks, I'm going the opposite way. Yeah. I, I don't think we see enough of that in the NFL these days. No, no. The, the bad play is the goal line sprint rollout where all they can do is run an out or in a corner and you know that the ball has to go the outside. Whereas yes. if you're rolling out on a bootleg, you're getting guys from the other side of the field. When mm -hmm. you're doing the rollout, it's it's from the same side. I mean, yes. you're only using half the field. So, yeah, I completely agree. Because the bootleg allows your time, too, for everything to develop yep. before you turn around and, and see what's upfield. Yep. Um, what game it are we can't on? be oh, that Giants. hard, man. It can't be this hard. I, I know I'm not a football mind, but sometimes it's like, just do the basics, dude. Golly. I'm going Washington. Yeah, I – there's just no. I also think Washington, because like we just beat up, beat up on them as a bad football team for the last eight years. I think that they're gonna be like, all right, let's just shove it down their throats real quick. So yeah. Ron's got to keep his job. They're gonna try to run this up for sure if they get up. Yeah, and that's a very fine. I'm very fine with them running up at this score because, like you said, it's a guy trying to keep his job. It's a quarterback trying to prove, prove that he's the quarterback of the future versus the Dallas Cowboys, where it's like this is all they get for positive feed our journalism. Yep. Uh, next one, San Fran continuing on kind of the blowout train. Tampa Bay played better against Tennessee, but it's a team that still struggled in the past few weeks. Um, you know, it's hard to imagine that Baker goes into San Fran and lights it up. So I'm going San Fran. Yeah, I think that uh, if San Francisco kind of keeps up with the trend that we saw last week, they should, they're going to kind of be on a revenge tour right now. So, yep. And they really should be on a revenge tour. They kind of got away from it for a little bit, where it was like last year. I, I fully think that they would have won the Super Bowl last year if it wasn't for Brock Purdy not being able to throw the football and then they don't have a back quarterback for him. They're they're awesome. They're awesome. Uh the next one. Jets at Buffalo. We'll see how Buffalo does tonight against the Broncos. Um Josh Allen has historically struggled against the Jets, but once again after watching Zach Wilson, that's you know, it is tough to take the Jets. Yeah, Salah came out and was like, I'm sticking with him. I think it's the right call. I mean, I we all know what Zach Wilson is. Um, I think last night he played fine, I thought, from what Zach Wilson is. But there's just – depending on how Buffalo plays tonight, because, again, we haven't seen this game yet. I know it's like four days later. Apologies. Uh, this could be one of those games where Buffalo is like, we have to win this because I, I know I picked them. I could fully see them losing on Monday night to the Broncos. 
We I have Denver too. Yeah. Yeah. I so agree. if well then they're gonna yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. They're going to oh. then wipe the floor with New York. Is the first four o'clock game, the Giants. No. Mm-mm. There's only three, four there o'clock. One o'clock. Week. Yeah, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight one o'clock games and three four o'clock games. Hey NFL, you did it again, you losers. So stupid. And one of them, I mean, none of them are watchable. The last one's, the last one's fine. Seattle with the Rams. I'm at the point where I just don't like Seattle. I, we've talked about it every week. I don't I don't like anything about them. Stafford practice today. I'm going Rams. Yep, I'm going Rams. They're going to have their quarterback and Matthew Stafford. Uh, I just, yeah, I don't, I don't see what there is to like about this Seattle team. I hope that they lose this game just because kind of like we talked about on the preview parade, like this is a team I don't care to see in the playoffs. So, yep. I agree. Continuing on Sunday night could be a really fun matchup if Denver is able to pull off an upset tonight against Buffalo. Either way, really fun matchup and moment for Josh Dobbs to get Sunday night. I mean, the TikTok he posted of the guy singing while he scored, like the Creed, it's just like he's the best. He's awesome. No, he is awesome. But I I will say, like, I think this is just me. I'm I'm dreading the Sunday night coverage on it. It's yeah, it's gonna make you not like him. Yeah. Yeah, like and I'm not I think I might just like I'm not gonna watch the pregame. Nope. And I think I'm gonna I'm gonna have the first drive of his on mute. I legitimately because it's gonna be that bad. Yep. No, I agree. It's gonna be bad. It's good. Yeah, they do this. And he deserves he deserves all totally the he deserves all of the promotion on him because it has been so much fun. But it's one of those things where I mean they're no one like Sunday Night Football loves to just spike those things up. Right. Oh, he's going to be everywhere this week. Um, I'm assuming Jefferson's going to play. Like, he was questionable Sunday. They wanted to wait. I, I would imagine they're at 6-4 and four now, ready to win. I would imagine he's playing. Regardless, I, I'm taking Minnesota. I mean, I'm taking Minnesota, too. And I, I think that we talked about it when he first got hurt, where there was like, if this goes south, you shut him down because of it being a hamstring. Now it's like, all right, there's some life in us. And an NFC where, uh, you know, we we could easily sneak in the seventh seed and you can win any football game. Yep. I, I think that they've, they view these as must-win games coming up. I agree. And once again, hard, hard to kind of judge the game with us not being able to see Denver as they play Buffalo tonight. Mm-hmm. Last one, best Thursday night game of the year. Now the best Monday night game of the year, the Eagles at the Chiefs. Um, I mean, what a matchup. It's two teams that – even though we haven't liked both all season, even though we come on here every week and we're like, yeah, but there's still something missing. There's still something missing. It's an eight and one team against a seven and two team. It's a Super Bowl rematch. Um, and still the favorites to go to the Super Bowl again this year. Um, who do you like in this one? Um, I think both teams coming off a bye makes it even more interesting. I think Philadelphia got the bye at the right time after a big win against Dallas. And I, I think that's Kansas City got it off the at the right time with a big win in Germany against Miami. I think that these are two teams that are going to be very prepared. I don't think you can necessarily pick a spot for either. So it truly is head to head. Who do you think yep. is the better team? And I'm going to take Kansas city right now. And why am I going to take Kansas city? I think that this is a Philadelphia team that um, their secondary we've said it is, is what struggles for them. Uh, if Patrick Mahomes decides this is going to be the Monday night that I figure it out with my wide receivers, then that is very bad news for Philadelphia. And then on the other side, this is just a Philadelphia team that we've said is not the same identity-wise as they were last year. And it's not like Kansas City is 
Kansas City's defense is so much better than it was last year. Like Kansas City's defense is the reason why they are seven to two right now. Um, this is a defense that you cannot make mistakes on. This is a defense that is not easy to get long drives on. And I, I know Philadelphia is going to have a couple big plays because they always do, but I, I just don't think they're going to have enough to beat Kansas City. And if the, the big question mark for me is what this receiving core looks like in Kansas City, because if if it clicks on Monday night just a little bit, if he just has one guy next to Kelsey that he can click with, I think that this could be a long, frustrating game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but it could be one of those games where it's like Philadelphia cuts it to seven or cuts it to four. And you're like, we just need to stop. We just need to stop third and 10. They find a way to get a first down. We just need to stop. We just need to stop third and 10. They find a way to get a first down. That's how I feel this game is going to go. And I just like Kansas city. I'm with you. I'm on Kansas city. And I think we both could easily come on here you know, if we get to it Thursday or whenever we get to it, and they're like, we kind of underestimated the fact that this team lost them in the Super Bowl and they they care way more. And that, that could ultimately be the difference. But like you said, it's not a spot matchup. But for me, when I look at both teams coming off a bye, the adjustments need to be made. I think there's just a lot more room for improvement with Kansas City. I know Philly is kind of off and they can get right and maybe we see it. But like you said, the Chiefs being able to find that second factor, I think, is way more you know, I could buy way more into that right now than the Eagles getting right for whatever is wrong because it's an identity thing. Like you said, I, I can't point to what the Eagles need. The Chiefs, we know. It's like for yeah. the love of God, if someone can help 87, this offense is going to be fine. And with Dallas Goddard out, I think that's a big injury because as much as we like AJ and Devontae, you look at what Kansas City was able to do against Waddle and Hill. I think they can neutralize it to a certain degree. Um, and, and yeah, I'm on Kansas City for those reasons. Close game, great game, competitive game. Um, you know, if Philly's able to find the way to run the ball and hold the clock and kind of do that game, then they can win it. But I really, the more we talk, I really like Kansas City in this matchup. Yeah. And I understand that this is a Philadelphia team that's like, oh, we, they, we lost to them in the Super Bowl last year. I personally, we don't get a lot of these like Super Bowl rematches because of, you know, it's AFC, NFC. Like it happens yeah, once every win. four years. You have yeah. to predict that once every four years this is going to be what the matchup is so i just don't know how much of that is for a motivating factor but you want to know what feels like a motivating factor right now is kansas city is seven and two and they feel like one of the most doubted teams in the afc if they can say to us we've won two of our last three or we've won our last two games in the last three weeks against miami which was i know it was a seven point game was a complete utter kansas city 60 minutes of football and that if they can just do the same thing with philadelphia Kansas City's kind of saying like, hey, you want to talk about good teams in this league teams that are, we're, we're still here. We're the defending champs and we're yep. acting like it right now. So I agree with you. Like, I don't know what Philadelphia needs to take the next step this year, but I do know what Kansas City needs. And I trust that they can figure it out eventually. I agree. You look at Kansas City's schedule. This is again, you know, if they get the one seed, you might as well book them to go to the Super Bowl. Yep. They're seven and two. They're a game ahead of Baltimore now with that Baltimore loss. And if you beat the Eagles, you've got the Packers, you've got the Raiders twice, you've got the Patriots. And then you look at the losses, you get, you know, you've got at the Chargers, home against the Bengals, home against the Bills. Even if you lose one of those games, or maybe even two, you're probably still in a position to be the number one seat. So winning this game, I think, is important for the Chiefs. Um, and I, I just, yeah, I don't know. I, I really liked them here. So Me too. Great games, great matchups. Justin, I just have two differences with a six-game lead. Um, it could be a little dangerous for Justin here. This is I feel pretty comfortable right now with the way this went this week. Very important, those two games. Um, I just have to hope that I don't uh, – like, I, I can't go over because that's kind of the thing in the coffin. Like, last week, I felt like – I've always been just one game away, it feels like, from getting, like, three back. 
And last week, I kind of felt the same way where I was like, man, I thought that I had it with Carolina. That would make this a completely different thing coming in. Um, and I know we have two differences, but it's like I have to nail them on the head, especially because I think our two differences are only two underdogs each. They are. So, like, I have to have Green Bay win, and that's a three-point swing. And then if Arizona wins, that's a three-point swing against me. So, Oh, wow. We did just take – uh, we both have the Rams. If you want, oh, we to both do have the Rams. Okay, an upset. And Never then, mind. And I think that you're first, so that kind of screws me. No, you have the first upset. I do. Yep, I took Minnesota. Okay. Um, yeah, because I had the first blow, and I took Dallas. Yeah, I. Yeah. But so your options are um, Minnesota, and I guess we'll just have to go with. We'll, we'll get into the blowout line, but for now, I'm, I'm comfortable if you take a, an underdog and they end up being the favorite. We'll count it. Um, Minnesota, the Rams. Is Minnesota underdog? Yeah, Denver one and a half. Oh wow! I'm gonna um, go with the Rams either way. Yeah, I forgot. I didn't realize that they're not favorite. But yeah, I mean, this is the same yeah, thing. With and that's, I mean, they have to. They have to assume Stafford's playing. So I think that that's in the line because it was announced. Our uh, chef retweeted it today. I agree. Okay, that's okay. That's a good start for you. Um, I'm gonna go. So my options are. Cardinals, Minnesota, and Minnesota. Yeah, I really, I mean, I really like Minnesota, especially if Jeff Jefferson's back. Okay. Um, blowouts. Now, blowouts is interesting because we have a lot of 10 plus lines here. I think that we could agree um, to go with the. If I we think take that one, we can say. Uh, 11 points for if it's if it's a double digit spread just call it 11 even i know that like miami's 11 and a half but i think that just saying if you take the niners the cowboys just a lot then i think it's just the niners and the cowboys and the dolphins or detroit all all of those groups are like 11 um you know give me Give me the Jags. Um, Six and a half, so I got to win by 10. 10. I'm going to take Washington. That was, Nine and a half. I mean, it's just. Yeah, that was. I should, <laughs> at home, you need to score. Yeah, we just talked about it. That's that's yeah. a miss by me. <laughs> yeah, I got caught up looking at the big games. Yeah. All right. So I'm on the I'm on the Jags, Jag off, Skull. You're on Washington and the Rams. Mm-hmm. Two game difference with a six game lead overall heading into week eleven. Um, Justin, any closing thoughts? No, we talked about uh, you know this is going to be Friday, so safe travels. Anybody going to Knoxville this weekend? We talked about that enough. So Brooks said Nico is not playing. Whatever. Really, I'll get a Nico. We want Nico chance started there. Like at the whole, I think the whole. I think that they yeah. go three and out to start the game. I think oh, people yeah. are going to hear it. Yeah. Whatever section I'm in, like they do the weird section by letters. Like if I'm in YX, YX is going to get loud. I mean, I'm not going to boo, but I am a rogue fan, so I'm not afraid to just yell for Nico. I have no, I have no problem with that. Yeah, and I, I think that being around Knoxville fans enough, like, I mean, this is a team that will turn on anybody at any given time. Like yeah, people have already turned on Hypo, where it's like, yeah, it, remember what life was like prior to Hypo. So, yeah. I'm excited. Um, I'll be seeing you there. It'll be a great time. Go Vols. I hope 
your trip is safe getting to where you need to get to people once again we apologize in advance if anything we say does not make sense but honestly even when we do it on thursdays half the stuff we say doesn't make sense so it, it might be better for us for you. Yeah, yeah i agree we have an excuse. but if this is the week where it's like we all we both go like double digit wins and it's like our only differences like we split the differences we get both upsets right we get both uh-huh. blowouts right uh-huh. why not our week yeah. why not this week Enjoy it. Enjoy football while you can. Okay, I'm back in your face with the base, bro. I stand tall, but I'm really trying to lay low. By the way, we should be paying Trump with pesos. Matter of fact, better get a side of queso. Okay, I'm pumped off the energy. I'm pumped off the focus. I'm pumped off the Hennessy. I'm speeding like a lotus. I'm praying you remember me. I'm praying that you notice. Excitement got a hold of me, and now I feel hopeless. I'm floating. I've been working on my craft. Life is like a race lately. I ain't getting past. My heart will keep the pace, then my brain will push the gas. I'm the king. There's the board to the outlet to the slash. I've been looking to the left like we going around the track. Artists on the inside and behind to catch a draft. I'm so aerodynamic, it starts a panic in the back. The wind from my bumper is sure to give you a smack. See, I don't do it for plaques and I don't do it for flash. I don't do it for attention or the fake ass laughs. I just do it for the cash to pay for booze and snacks on the side while I rhyme and account for class. That's enough of the topic. I'm leaving that in the past. Man, I don't mess with environments where I do what I'm asked. I'm living double lives. You could go compare and contrast. Boy, I've been eating so long. I think it's time that I fast. Everything on this album is a movie. Except it's a mixtape and that's my own fucking crowd right there. Let's go. I'm gonna get the whole crowd doing that shit. They gonna be going back and forth. It's gonna be going left and right like this chair that won't stop squeaking. I'm pumped off the Hennessy, I'm speeding like a lotus I'm praying you remember me, I'm praying that you notice Excitement got a hold of me and now I feel hopeless I'm floating, I've been working on my craft Life is like a race lately, I ain't getting past My heart will keep the pace and my brain will push the gas I'm the king, there's the board to the outlet to the slash I got all these visions in my head But they ain't scary, only motivates Eminem, Night Miller mix, mine is debilitating Even though I still get that feeling like I be levitating Rapping like the carpet to Aladdin while I'm graduating Back up like Plan B, I hope you understand me I'm fancy, need brandy, the fireball is candy The cards looking handy, go ahead, give your Annie Said the winning times arrive, better put away the shandies Okay, I'm pumped off the energy, I'm pumped off the focus I'm pumped off the Hennessy, I'm speeding like a lotus I'm praying you remember me, I'm praying that you notice Excitement got a hold of me and now I feel hopeless, I'm floating.